The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of the Eat Check, it's NBA All-Star Weekend, but we still got a lot of shit to cover, folks, like what the fuck is happening with the Golden State Warriors right now and in the future? We even got some rumors servicing that our Dubs tried trading for LeBron James at the deadline? You don't say. We break it all down. We dig into lots of news from around the league, including Beef Stew, Sucker Punching the 10-Day God, Drew Eubanks. Steph Curry has a new sitcom? And how egregiously bad NBA refs are all year, but right now, too. Let's get right into it, Anthony. Drop that motherfucking beat. It should be real. So, Indianapolis, all-star, kind of dope, considering that Tyrese Halliburton is... A first-time All-Star, probably going to be All-NBA guy. So congratulations to him. Indiana's considered one of the meccas, if not the mecca of basketball. So kind of fucking dope. Um, We're going to save that talk, though, until Monday in the recap show. And until then, we've got some additional stories um, that I don't want you to miss. Specifically regarding, (laughs) those are words, uh, Golden State. This has been a bizarre year. It really has. First of all, since Draymond's return, they played well, and so has he. He's averaged 9, 8, and 7 with 2.2 stocks, stocks, stocks per game. More importantly, the Warriors are playing well since he's come back. They're winning games since he's come back. They're 8 and 4 since his return. But if you think things are going well completely for our dubs, I hate to alarm you, uh, but they are not. First of all, I think Draymond Green might be losing it again. This man does not look like the eyes uh, of someone who's in therapy. I saw that highlight the other night, and he flashed his four rings, and then it looked like he was trying to threaten to shank somebody. I don't know what even he was doing. And then he stuck his tongue out, fully out of his mouth, and walked back. I don't really know what's going on. During the run of play, he fell to the ground, flopped to the ground after getting hit by Zubox, and, and I think he was almost dead for two to three entire plays. Remember when Draymond came on his podcast and said he was done with the antics? He is not done with the antics at all. Keep in mind, this happened after another run-in with Yusuf Nurkic, where they traded off, this is so bummy and so corny, two small gestures and then elbows and then afterwards, Nurk- Nurkic decided he was going to eviscerate him in the post game, saying 
Draymond didn't learn anything. It's just a matter of time. He's going to hit somebody else again. I take back everything I said. He don't deserve a chance. Draymond, of you might imagine, uh, took that in stride. No, no, of course he didn't. This is what he had to say. The little guy then goes, like I said, went into the media complaining. Like, I did something to him as if he didn't do the too small celebration. And then he starts to question my character. What a coward. You go questioning character about a basketball game that you just lost, that you got destroyed. And the only thing you should talk about is how you got punished. 15-9-7, and 15-7-9. Um, and you finish with a measly 6-6-4. Six, six and four. Four assists is a bright spot for him, so I'll give him that. Um, but six and six. And then you go to the media and cry like that. Anthony, the producer here, uh, Draymond continues to ramble and rant about his retelling of the stories, which obviously you would guess is very positive towards Draymond. We will pick things up here from what Draymond actually meant with this entire spiel. Not very surprised that he went to the media and said what he said, because that's the same guy that laid out on the floor um, when I made contact. Bro, you 300 pounds. Get up off the floor, bro. And he actually didn't lay out on the floor like that. I actually don't get the suspension that I got, probably. But dude laid out like he was dead. That same guy then goes and say he doesn't deserve another chance. How, bro? What an embarrassment. And they expect to win with that guy. My goodness. It kind of does feel like we're a few games from another Draymond meltdown. If that was the sole problem with our dubs, then that would be life as usual, right? Like, that would be what we've been dealing with for the last uh, year and change. Uh, but they also, and they have had it, but it's getting worse now, they've got a Clay Thompson problem as well. On Wednesday, the Warriors were in the process of booting another late-game lead against the Clippers. Clay Thompson was watching the disaster unfold from the bench when, for some reason, Steve Kerr lost his goddamn mind and inserted him into the lineup, 48 seconds left in the game. Pods, who is probably my favorite new warrior, hits a three, cuts the lead down to one possession, 39 seconds left to go, and then, inexplicably, Clay Thompson just fouls Russell Westbrook on the inbounds pass, and we get free throws, and that's all she wrote. Steve Kerr was like, after the game, oh no, that was a very obvious non-foul scenario. That was a time where you defend, it's a one-possession game, you rebound the ball, and you get back, and you try to tie this thing up. Steph reached out to him uh, to try to give him a low five, high five, and Clay blew right through it like a rain through a leaky roof. Just fuck you. I don't care. You try to, you just, I don't know what is going on there. There are consequences in this league for that type of play. And what are those consequences for normal players, not superstar players, which Clay is no longer in the superstar caliber, where, well, Thursday's game against the Jazz, Steve Kerr decided, first time since Clay's rookie season, uh, Clay Thompson will be coming off the bench. First time since 2012. But because it's the Warriors, they turn adversity into a superpower. Don't know how they do it. Like Draymond Green said, I think the fact that I got suspended made us a deeper team because those guys got to develop a little bit. So Clay Thompson, bench Clay, turns into prime MJ. Balls out. 
He had 35 points in three quarters, 17 in the first half alone, and I want to say seven threes as of the time that I'm recording this. Two things to make of all of this. First, Golden State, uh, despite the recent run, is very mid. They're not a good team. Even Steph Curry knows it. He said, we are very average, and very average does not get it done in this league. Thank God someone on this team sees it. And if you didn't have uh, depression yet as our Dubs fan, well, Joe Lacob said this on Tim Kawakami's podcast on the Odyssey app, that will make you potentially shit your pants. He says, our plan 1A is that we'd actually like to be out of the luxury tax, and we think we have a way to do that. I, okay, I think I know what way that is. That kind of is the plan, not just out of the second apron. That's important because the truth is we need to be out of the tax two years out of the next four in order to get this repeater tax thing off of our books. We don't want to be a repeater. It's just so prohibitive. Not to say we wouldn't do it if we had to, but you got to look at what the downside is to doing that. Clay, baby, get ready for the veteran minimum. Get ready for the mid-level exception. Rot row. If you thought Steve, uh, if you thought Joe Lacob was going to go Steve Cohen and try to squeeze out a chip or two out of Steph Curry when we know that it's not happening, think again. He is going to be looking to shed salary. Shed salary. That's hard to say, too. Clay Thompson, you're gone, baby. Well, you're not gone, but getting paid extra money, gone. Tough sledding ahead for our dubs. What does it mean going forward? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's move on. It's Friday, so you know what time it is. It's, uh, well, you probably don't know what time it is because it's been a few weeks since Back to the Futures time where we break down select NBA Futures bets, meaning bets that you can take on the awards market to consider along with some movement some odds movement on where things have been going. This week, my favorite award to track is the NBA Most Improved Award. This is a tricky one. Hard to, hard to really predict. There's not a lot of direction to it. Apparently, you can be an all-star and still be in the running for Most Improved Player. John Morant won Most Improved Player, <laughs> which is fucking crazy. You can be a star player coming off of a major injury and be in the running. Mostly, though, it should be for guys who you did not see coming who show a massive leap in development. Tyrese Maxey was the leader in the clubhouse by margin before the big fella Joel Embiid got injured. Even on Tuesday of last week, he was minus 800 to win the award. $800 is what it would take for you to win $100. That is insane. That's what we call do not bet that. That's what we call... A sucker bet. Why? Why was he minus 800? Why was he such the favorite? Number one, Harden gets traded and Maxi, I think surprisingly flourishes more than expectations. Immediately the darling to win it. And 
not only was there no drop-off once Nick Nurse gave the reins over to Maxi, actually the team started playing even better and Joel Embiid was having his best year probably in his career. He was the runaway favorite for MVP. And on top of that, despite the fact that Embiid had the ball more than Luka, highest usage rate in the league, Maxi was balling. 25 a game, only one and a half turnovers with six and a half assists, so that's pretty good. And since Embiid's injury, though, it's just not been very good for Tyrese Maxey. Turnovers are up. Rebounds, down. Assists, down. Scoring, up and down. But, really, the issue is that the Sixers suck. In terms of the odds, things have changed. Tyrese Maxey is now minus 225 to win the award. I don't think he can win it now. I really don't. I think that the Sixers have gone from the most dangerous team in the East, which makes him a runaway favorite, to boo-boo. They are 3-7 uh, and seven in their last 10. That is 22nd in the league. They are rocking a smooth negative 9.4 net rating, which is 28th in basketball. Their defensive rating has plummeted to 29th in the league. Only worse is Trey Young. No, I'm sorry. The Utah Jazz. So, no, things are not going well. Another interesting player to watch for is Kobe White. He has emerged from irrelevance to a breakout season. He's only He only averaged nine points per game last year. He was on Billy Donovan's shit list. We thought he was going to be traded or relegated to the bench for life. And now he's started every single game. He's averaged 25 and 5, and he's gone from 87 to 1. 87 to 1. That's insane. 2 plus 650, which is 6.5 to 1. But that's not who I like. Who I like, well, let me just say this. I am a card-carrying member of the Goon Squad. Alperin Shangoon has been an absolute surprise, a delight, has come out of nowhere considering the fact that we weren't sure if Steven Silas even liked Alperin Shangoon one second, one bit. We thought maybe he'd get moved. We thought maybe he'd go to the G League. He was averaging 14 points per game. And now he's the franchise player for the team. They are building around Alperin Shangoon. I have done segments on Alperin Shangoon in terms of how he compares to, I don't know, Jokic. Feels like the award should be my man Shangoon's. He's been stuffing the stat sheet, averaging 22, 9, and 5 which is up, like like I said, from 14 and change from last year. He is currently plus 450, down from plus 2,500, which is where it was when the season got started. It's going to be a super interesting race now that Embiid is out and the Sixers are in free fall. Can Maxi still win it? I don't think so, but we're going to have to wait to find out. Let's get into some news from around the league. Every week this season, we seem to cover two things, and I love them. One, fights between players. I don't love that, but the background around it is always ridiculous. And two, shady-ass refs. Kind of a bad thing for the season. I would guess in the middle of trying to negotiate a rights deal with a partners, broadcast partners, both of those things might bring the price down a touch. Probably not great. On the former, we've got beef between uh, Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart's, uh, the Pistons center that you might remember as the guy who had to be restrained by 39 people or so from killing LeBron while he had blood streaming down his face. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, so he has beef with someone just 
slightly more slender, slightly less relevant, although it's debatable right now, uh, the 10-day god, Drew Eubanks. Phoenix Suns center who came from the Portland Trailblazers when they picked him up on like 72 consecutive 10 days. What? How did it happen? Apparently, there's very real beef between these guys. On Wednesday night, two guys get into an altercation. This stems back, according to Shams, back to November 5th, many months in the making, when the Pistons and Suns last met, and they got into some sort of kerfluffle that nobody noticed, which, to be honest, like, it's Drew Eubanks, so he kind of, like, blends in. Fast forward to Wednesday. So they're both in the tunnel, just, you know, doing their tunnel thing, and Isaiah Stewart decided it would be a good idea to drop his bag confront Drew Eubanks before the game and cold cock him directly in the mouth. Wild. And I love this from Shams because he's like holding the 10-day God's water. Uh, apparently, Drew Eubanks is like, looks even better as a result of getting punched in the mouth. This is what Shams had to say. So last night, Isaiah Stewart was arrested for assault. He was released. They, they gave the police... Phoenix police gave him a citation. The NBA itself has also launched an official review of the incident, and they've gotten security footage. And that, multiple people with direct knowledge of the situation told me that this is what took place. This is what that footage will show. Isaiah Stewart, Drew Eubanks were in the back hallways pregame, exchanged some words, uh, and it really stemmed from their last game against each other in Detroit, November 5th. They were chest to chest. Uh, Isaiah Stewart dropped his bags and punched Drew Eubanks in the face amid their exchanging of words and them coming chest to chest. Um, I'm told Drew Eubanks was punched in the mouth area, and from what I'm told, the footage will show Drew Eubanks barely flinched. Uh, he stood there stone cold, okay. took the punch, obviously, and police security got involved, separated them, and police had uh, Isaiah Stewart escorted out of the arena. So this is really in the hands of local law enforcement, their investigation, which is active, as well as uh, the league's investigation that's going to you know, now take place over the coming uh, days and weeks. Hold up. He just said, obviously, he took it like a champ, just completely stone-cold Steve Austin, unfazed by Isaiah Stewart. We had LeBron James running away from Isaiah Stewart, bloody in his face, with multiple people there for backup, and Drew Eubanks is like, yeah, hit me again. I do not know if this is the legend of Drew Eubanks, the 10-day god, but it feels solidified right now. The end result, like Sean said, is that uh, Isaiah Stewart was, was arrested, he was issued a citation, he was released. Kevin Durant randomly said, this is supposed to be a brotherhood. Dude, stay out of it, okay? No doubt Stewart is headed for a suspension again, right? Like, how many guys take a sucker punch, come out looking good? Somehow he did. Let's move on. Stefan, Stefan, Stefan. I don't know why I call him Stefan. Stefan Wardell Curry is about to become a major sitcom star. You know Aisha put him up to this. You know she did. Peacock, because she's, she's always been in the limelight. Peacock just announced a straight-to-series order for Mr. Throwback, a mockumentary starring Adam Pally who was hilarious on Happy Endings, and Stephen Curry, Steph Curry, was not so hilarious on his game show. Not really that funny of a guy in general. 
Uh, very unusual for a sitcom to go straight to series without a pilot, but that is the draw of the babyface assassin with the white powers that be. And they are betting enough that people turn in to make this shit a hit out of the blocks. I know I, uh, one thing. I used to cover Travis Kelsey's dating show. I will be covering every episode of this show on the heat check. I'll let you know how we did. We'll do ratings and all that. The plot is about a down-on-his-luck sports memorabilia, de memorabilia dealer who reunites with the sixth-grade teammate, Steph Curry. This is very unbelievable. <laughs> Steph is going to be playing Steph, which is going to be fascinating to watch. I am sure Ayesha Curry will be in this as well. We will be following this closely uh, and let you know more when we hear it. On to Daryl Morey. No trade deadline would be complete without Morey making wild-ass calls in an effort to stir the pot. This season, the one we know about is the Phoenix Suns. According to ESPN, Morey called the Suns to inquire about Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, nothing to see here, folks. When he got laughed at, he asked if uh, Devin Booker and Brad Beal were available. Hi, um... I would like to uh, date Jessica Biel. Oh, Jessica Biel's not available? Uh, I would like to speak with uh, Charlize Theron then, please. Oh, no, she's not available? Uh, what about uh, Jessica Alba? Nope, none of them are available? Okay, thanks so much. What a guy, Daryl Morey. Just the delusion in his deal-making. One day, I want another GM to call his bluff and just see how long he's going to go without cracking. Uh, speaking of trades that never happened, let's move on, uh, but oh my God, should have happened, which would break probably the basketball sphere in general. News broke this week that the Lakers and Warriors were engaged before the deadline and discussed a trade for LeBron James. Here is Brian Windhorst's take on it. Where he's busy doing NBA today. All right, uh, Wendy, fill in any blanks for us here because this obviously the notion that we may have been close to Steph and LeBron teaming up is extraordinary. Yeah, I think there's two different ways to look at this. Obviously, if you're a fan, your initial reaction is going to be to, to dream about the concept of LeBron and Steph playing together. I don't think that was ever close to happening, but I think it does show that there was a lack of information. There was a lack of information from these teams because uh, Woj and Ramona also reported that the 76ers called the, the, war, the uh, Lakers about LeBron. Because just the way things have gone for the Lakers this season and the passive-aggressive moves that LeBron has made left people wondering, you know, how does he actually feel about the Lakers? Where is his head at about them going now and going forward? And he gave an emphatic, I'm committed here. And, you know, Rich Paul went on the record publicly last week saying he's not going to be traded. And that's why I think, Greeny, the Lakers were probably okay going to LeBron and Rich Paul with this opportunity uh, because they wanted to find out where LeBron was too. Because LeBron was, you know, putting up emoji tweets and, you know, refusing to talk about it in the media. And so what ended up happening is LeBron ends up recommitting himself to the Lakers, saying, no, no, I don't want to be traded. I want to be here. And then the Lakers don't do anything at the deadline. I think those two were related because they operated knowing that LeBron was solid. Now, where LeBron might be in the summer, when, by the way, Philadelphia is going to have max cap room, that's a different conversation. Mm. But I actually think this was more about checking in on an, uh, on an information void than it was about a trade that actually could happen. So it was a chess move. I don't know what to think. On one hand, uh, the Internet would have been absolutely ablaze, uh, melted, just like, like 
American cheese on a double cheeseburger. On the other, I mean, I would have absolutely recommitted myself to our dubs as I as I do every day when I wake up. I don't hate them. It wouldn't make me hate them or anything. LeBron would have made them in, insanely hard to beat. So a little bit of ennui, a little bit of throw up in your mouth, folks. It might have been the biggest trade in NBA deadline history. Even Steph was asked about it, said, ooh, that was a little surprise, nice little surprise this morning. Yeah, no shit. Thinking about you and LeBron James is enough to go from 6 to 12, baby. We end with the Suns and a huge problem that the NBA seems to want to ignore. Uh, Devin Booker got tossed last night, folks, in what might be the most egregious soft-ass call of the year, which is saying a ton, because remember, I think Jokic got technical for no damn reason either. Here's what the NBA pool report said about why Devin Booker got thrown out. Booker was continually complaining and was warned, but yet still continued to complain. The second technical was for disparaging remarks he made towards the official. Here's what really happened. Kevin Durant goes, hey, who got, insert player name. Book replies, yo, I did, then points to a teammate and says, so he could help. That was halfway through the first quarter. That was Devin Booker's second technical, so he gets tossed. How is that disparaging remarks? I do not understand it. Folks, we still have an NBA referee problem. The league is doing absolutely nothing to solve it. They are going la, 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 and nobody is interested in watching a JT Orr, who is the referee who did this bullshit. This is absolute nonsense. Jokic getting tossed on Slovenian appreciation night in Chicago. Book getting run when hundreds of kids show up specifically to see him. Adam Silver, please get off your ass and do something about this. That's all the time that we have for this episode of The Heat Check. Come back tomorrow, tomorrow, this week, later. Check out the feed for past episodes. I don't even know what day it is. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini episodes which drop unexpectedly like a sweet island breeze. And follow the heat check. I don't have anywhere the notion where a sweet island breeze would come from. How about a sweet Pacific Northwest rainstorm? Because those happen more unexpectedly to me than a sweet island breeze. Usually when I get a sweet island breeze, I expect it. Follow the heat check as we head in. As we are in this NBA season, we're not heading in. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends, every single one of them, even that lady pushing her baby boy in the 35-degree rain. Hey, tell her, yo, it's too cold to have a baby boy out there without a hat. Go grab him and get him a beanie. And while you're there, download the Heat Check podcast. So follow us on social at this Heat Check and interest to click on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.